0: Welcome to Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And the best thing in the world happened yesterday. Or the funniest realization. Oh Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) So there I was, like twiddling, not twiddling my thumbs. I was twiddling a pen between my fingers, writing Patreon thank yous to our lovely Patreon donors. And I was just thinking about, like, things that I'm grateful for and, like, gifts for people because, I don't know, I was in that mood. And I was like, Corinne's birthday is coming up soon. Like, what should I get her for her birthday? And I was like, oh, and then it's our anniversary and then she's going to be at my wedding. And then I had this realization and I was like, our anniversary is the exact (laughs) same day as mine and Nick's wedding. And I just started (laughs) cackling to myself. And called Corinne right away, and I was like, "You'll never guess what I just
1: realized." Oh, we laughed for like five minutes straight. <laughs> I think what's so funny about it is that I, well, first of all, neither of us realized. We talk about our anniversary all the all time, the time. Like, coming up on four years. We say the date out loud, and yet for some reason, it never clicked in our heads that they're the, that same, it's the same date as your wedding. Yeah. And then I also think it's funny because I just feel like I tease a lot about being a a part of your relationship because I know Nick wants to be on the podcast. I'm like, well, I'm also part of your relationship and the podcast. Like I am, I always joke about like having the upper hand on Nick and then, then he gets to marry you and it's, I'm like, wait, so I am a part of the day now. Oh my gosh. I told Nick
0: this morning and he kind of like looked at me and he was like, Well, that makes sense. But then he was like, you know, also, because we've already gotten married twice at this point, so this will be our third marriage. So we (laughs) are planning to celebrate October 3rd. Which is when you were legally wed last year? Which is when we were wed in front of our family. That was our second wedding.
1: Oh, okay. It's a choose your own adventure. Choose your own anniversary date type of life. It's funny because I like to joke that we'll celebrate all
0: of them and nick gets very (laughs) flustered by that but now i'll make him celebrate august 14th even more because it will be the three of us we'll do a three-way anniversary (laughs) celebration just zoom me into your romantic dinner (laughs) date
1: i'll just be there on my couch with a lighter oh here i am i'm here with a lighter oh man love it how great i love that realization I do have a really quick ghost story for you before we hop into everybody else's ghost stories. So my cousin came back from Spain and she's currently living in the seacoast of Portsmouth with her family. And I know a lot of her friends from being close to her growing up. And so she was telling me about one of her friends who I do know through her who is looking for a house. She's Mm -hmm. house hunting right now. And the other day, she went into an open house. And mind you, this person that I'm talking about, like, doesn't really jive with the paranormal, doesn't ever have any experiences ever or talk about ghosts. It's just so not on her radar Uh or in her book of interests. But she went into this house with her boyfriend, and she was overcome with sadness, and she could not stop crying, and she just felt like an immense feeling that someone had died there. It just oh felt like gosh. death and sorrow and grief. And she couldn't keep herself together. So she left and her boyfriend was like, So the story goes from hearing it secondhand through my cousin that her boyfriend was like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. And like kind of like excused them from the realtor and left the open house. And he was like, what was that about? And she was like, I don't know. I'm just so overcome with feelings. And she ended up being so curious about it that she Googled the address of the open house that she went to and Googled records. And it turns out that a man had passed away two years ago. And it's his widow who's trying to sell the house. Oh. Oh, so he's so sad. Yes. That's kind of what my cousin and I were speculating because we were like, was it that he doesn't know if he'll be able to, you know, follow Uh, her continue on? Like, this is the house that they made their life in and he's still there, but maybe she doesn't know it and now she's leaving.
0: Or maybe it's her sadness, you know, if she's so broken up from
1: her husband's loss that that's why she needs to move. Yeah, true. We were also wondering if someone who comes in that has like a true intention of buying the place like potentially this girl who had walked in if those are the people that are given this intense vibe to kind of like scare them away from buying mm. the property versus because i was like oh let's look up the address like let's go see if they have an open house i want to go in but then my cousin was like well even if you went in you might not pick up on anything because the universe knows that you're not looking to buy the place okay but wouldn't it be cool if you did go and you got up that feeling i know well i have the address so- so I'll be peeking, peeking any future open houses. Okay, well, will you send it to me just so I can look at the uh, listing? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. It looks like a just. it's so unassuming. It's an, a normal home in the seacoast area of New Hampshire. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that made me excited for future house hunting. Like, will I see anything in the 10 minutes you're looking through a house? Oh, my gosh.
0: I'm, I prefer... Seeing, feeling something before you move in because – or before you Mm -hmm. buy, like when you first go see it because, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is if you buy a home and you move in and it happens to many people and it is extremely haunted and you didn't know and then you're stuck with a haunted house. If it's pleasant hauntings, that's fine. But if it's demons and all that junk, no, thank you.
1: I wish when you walked in, they were all just standing by the front (laughs) door. and with, like, champagne. They were all just, you know, like the three of them were just standing there and like give you a little nod and you can kind of feel (laughs) each other out, see if it's going to be fit. (laughs) Are we going to be friends or foes? Hmm. How's this going to work? Do we vibe? Do we not? (laughs) It's
0: like meeting your new roommates. Oh my gosh. Literally. Well, that would make life easier, but unfortunately that's
1: not how ghosts work. No. And apparently they work in all different types of mysterious So many. Because we have a... Large compilation of ghost stories to read to you today and to read Mm -hmm. to you in the future because we have an inbox that you email them to. Yes. And it is thrilling and horrifying to to read them. I have started picking them them out during the day because at night when I read (laughs) through them, I'm like, oh, I can't do it.
0: I just real quick have to say okay, so I went and got lunch with a friend from high school the other day and immediately of course, because I'm ghost girl or we're ghost girls. She tells me her like sister's friend had a ghost story. So I texted her sister. I got all these ghost stories. And then my sister was telling me about how at work, there's a guy and I don't know his name, but I think if you listen, I think you do listen because you tell my sister about it all the time. My sister told me that he has ghost stories and he really wants to tell us, but he has not emailed us. And I told my sister to tell him to email us and he has yet to email us. So this is a shout out to all of you. And my sister's coworker, send it to us. There's nothing bad that can happen from sending it to us except for us getting excited and reading it on the podcast.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a perfectly written story. No. You don't have to worry about punctuation or spelling because more likely than not, we're going to read it wrong anyway. So <laughs> who needs periods? I mean, we do, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're wearing uh, our merch.
0: Oh, I am. Yes. Wow. See something, sage something. I do love
1: that shirt. Yes, you ordered it for me in the color black. And now it's your cozy comfy. Yeah, I love it. I got a size large because my chest needed a larger size. I had this your in tata's. a smaller size shirt before and it did not look appropriate. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so soft. I forgot how soft uh, it is. I love it. I threw my other one out a while ago. Like, I not threw it out, but I don't it when, when it, it didn't wasn't fit. fitting. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, lovely. We are here to
0: tell you, or I guess read you, your ghost stories, so let's do it. You first. Okay, I was going to say that you're first, technically, but I'm happy to Am oblige.
1: I? Yeah, but that's okay. Okay, then I'll go first. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Now you go first. <laughs> I mean, if we're, like, trying to go in a certain order. It doesn't really and matter. And are tracking it, then fine. I think you go first. I could be wrong. Here, you go first. I feel okay. like you should.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, I found one. This is a good one. They all are. What am I saying? Okay, so this is from Courtney, and it's called, My husband sees glimpses of the future in his dreams. Hello, my sweet and silly ghostesses. I'm a longtime listener who just had the craziest conversation with my husband that I had to tell you about. I was just catching up and listening to Encounters 112 while doing laundry when I stopped to get a drink. My husband Tim works remotely and was also in the kitchen getting a drink, so I decided to tell him about Darcy's time-traveling-slash-warp dreams from the episode. This reminded him of his déjà vu dreams, and he asked me if I ever had any. I told him I've had moments of déjà vu where I randomly remember my dreams, but I don't think I have had any real ones. And then he tells me of his vivid anxiety dreams... But then he mentioned things that he never mentioned before. He proceeds to blow my mind and explain that since he was young, he has had recurring dreams of just a moment in time and is only able to put together the pieces in the moment that it happens in real life. We've been together for three years, both love spooky things, and he's never told me any of this. So I'm stunned and I start asking all kinds of questions. The most significant moments he's had are as follows. When he was 8 or 9, he would dream about being at a bat and getting hit by a baseball. This ended up happening to him and giving him a concussion during a game he played in high school against a rival team. When he was 12, he began dreaming about being in a field surrounded by some guys in what he thought were weird uniforms, and one of them was calling him a stupid, silly pratt, having never before heard the term and had no idea what that meant. Years later, he would spend a year studying abroad in Ireland where he was able to regularly practice with a local rugby club. And while standing in a huddle on the pitch, one of the players, who is now a very famous retired rugby player, would say that exact thing to him. When he was 12 or 13, he had dreams of standing in a street with water up past his knees and looking around with a feeling of absolute dread, knowing he was powerless to stop the water from rising. Almost two years ago, just a few months after moving to New Orleans, there were a few instances of flash flooding from heavy rain and the water in our street got up to several feet and we lost a car due to flooding. The surrounding streets were flooded as well and he wasn't able to move the car and stood in the street experiencing that same feeling as the water continued to rise. Our homes were safe and our insurance covered the car, but it was a headache to experience anyway. Then this is my favorite. He told me, I also dreamed about our wedding day. Um, what? So apparently when he was 16, he began having reoccurring dreams of standing in a chapel across from a lovely woman in a blue dress with red lipstick with a reassuring and confident smile next to a man in a suit. The chapel was made of stone, so his teenage mind thought it was Zelda related. In fact, Tim and I were married two and a half years ago when he was 35, nearly 20 years after he started having this dream, and we got married in a beautiful stone chapel by our minister, the man in the suit, and I indeed wore a baby blue dress and wore bright red lipstick. He is a big crybaby, and so while standing at the altar, I gave him a calm and happy knowing smile. It was apparently in that exact moment it all hit him and he nearly passed out. Oh, my (laughs) God. I cannot stress how caught off guard I am by this. We've been a married couple for years, and this was total news to me. I told him multiple times... This is wild. I have to email Corinne and Sabrina, and that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I have very mixed European and English heritage, but Tim is 100% Irish. His grandparents were all immigrants and practiced many different old superstitions. For instance, his grandmother would feed and take heed of the fairy people, and his great-grandfather was believed to be a healer as he was born the seventh son of a seventh son. It's a huge family. When I asked him if he had ever told anyone about this before, he just said his mom and that she told him a very Irish superstition about it, that he was seeing through the veil, something I think y'all would really enjoy researching along with lots of other Irish lore. I'm so grateful I decided to chat about Darcy's dreams, otherwise my sneaky husband might not have shared. I even asked if he's aware if he's had any new ones about our family or children because we're now trying to conceive." He told me he has dreamed of holding a baby on his chest while sitting on a large couch, which we do not currently own. And I eagerly asked if it was a girl because I'd really love to have a girl in spite of his family's affinities for boys. He said he wasn't sure, but it was wearing a cap. So who knows what's going to happen, but maybe next time I'll have an update on his dreams and be able to tell you if that green capped baby is a little boy or girl of our own. Thanks for all your hard work. See you on the other side. Courtney. P.S. Here's a cute picture of our fur babies.
1: I cannot believe he went that long without sharing. I know. I feel like if I had these premonition like dreams I'd be telling the whole world. Well especially when
0: like it all comes together because if you just have like a quick vision or like an idea or image in your dreams and you have it multiple times like you might not necessarily know when it's going to happen but for the fact mm-hmm. that on their wedding day it all hit him like how does he not then tell
1: her right away i know (laughs) especially then yeah it's just like whoa this is called the rugby thing a coincidence or or whatever but this is just undeniably accurate
0: i do though like that he didn't tell her before about that one because like that could have influenced her decision to wear a baby blue dress and the red lipstick right but this which Mm -hmm. this then proves that it's so it's like the universe i don't what well, okay now it brings up a lot of questions cuz it's like is everything
1: predetermined or like what's free will and or yeah i just i don't know it is interesting but it also makes me think of we've talked about it before but of alternate timelines mm. and alternate dimensions and is there another timeline that you can essentially like jump to or catch a glimpse of in your astral body or while you're dreaming That just Mm. so happens to be like three months ahead in life or two years ahead in life. Can you glimpse into the future by traveling to this other place where you live the exact same life? But it's just interesting for fast forward. Interesting. That would be the way to see the
0: future. Well, yeah, you can see the future. But then it's also interesting because it's like, does that mean that every timeline we live the same lives? Or is there just like of this one dimension, is there, is everything happening all at once? Like the past, present, future kind of like, um what's that space movie why am i blanking back to the future no 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 the one that is about like how like time is continuous and so everything's happening all at once
1: oh uh, oh my god why like, am i, I, I blanking
0: it? this is gonna bother me so it is interstellar much. thank you interstellar interstellar thank you, thank you. there we
1: go <laughs> yeah that one ooh, so trippy when he pushes the book and you see the book fall oh i just, know whew that really got me i want to know if tim knows the difference now if there's like a clear difference between what is truly just a dream and what he feels is a deja vu premonition type Mm. of dream
0: that's interesting we'll have to follow up with courtney courtney Courtney, please bring tim Tim, yeah have tim email us and we'll just send him a list of questions he
1: made a real big mistake
0: maybe we'll call him yeah
1: Here he is, keeping this secret for so long, and now we're publicly we're putting him on blast, calling him. Let's do a, a Instagram Live for the first time ever and have Tim on. I'm so down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I have a few stories for you. So let me choose this one. This is from our listener, Adam, and it's called My Haunted C10 That Wants to Kill Me. Hi, guys. My name is Adam, but people call me Can. That's cool. That's cool. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and finally wanted to tell you a story about my truck. I'm 17 and I bought this 1969 Chevy C10 for very cheap. So cheap that I thought that the guy was crazy. I bought it for $2,500 in almost perfect condition on eBay. Whoa. Usually when you see something that cheap, it's not in very good condition. That or you're going to get robbed. However, when we went for the meetup for the purchase, he was insanely eager to get it off of his hands. Almost relieved. I was just way too excited to read his body language and just thought that his wife was mad at him or something, lol. (laughs) But for the first few days with this thing, nothing out of the ordinary was occurring. A few of my friends and I wanted to build a drag car out of this thing by replacing almost everything that was on the car. And while tearing the front fender off, one of my buddies noticed some sizable holes towards the back of the wheel well, almost like bullet holes. As we tore more panels off of the body of the truck, we started seeing even more holes, primarily towards the driver's side door. We thought that it was just rust that had eaten away at the metal, but we ruled that out due to Colorado's insanely dry climate. Again, we didn't think anything of it, and we just proceeded on with the build. But towards the end of the process, with the engine and drivetrain done, we finally took it to get a paint job. However, after about 20 minutes of the painter doing his thing, he came barreling out of the room and frantically refusing to finish the paint job. (gasps) He told us that something was very wrong with this thing, and he told us to get it blessed. We kind of laughed and we went on. But then about a week later, I was sneaking into the garage to get some soda, and I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye. So when I turned my head to look at what I thought I saw... There was the top half of a man with a bloodied white shirt and chunks out of his face, just <gasps> staring ahead. Oh. He then slowly turned his head towards me and screamed. Oh. I ran out of the room so fast that Usain Bolt would have had no chance of catching up. I immediately told my dad, who grabbed his 12-gauge and went out to the room with the eye of a fucking tiger, and he barged into the garage and he screamed, Get the F out of my house or I'm going to shoot! With the tensest atmosphere I have ever been in, he searched and found absolutely nothing except for a single 54-millimeter round and a bottle of Jack. What? He told me to go to bed to forget about what happened. I woke up and almost immediately thought of what happened the night before. (laughs) So I googled somewhat recent drive-bys involving AC-10 and found a story of a man who had gotten in some trouble with a local drug dealer, and he was shot. (gasps) I then took the truck to the dump, and I had it demolished. I did keep the engine in suspension, though. Thank you for reading my story, and I'll see you on the other side. Can. His friends call him Can.
0: Oh, we're friends now. After a story like this, we're friends now. So
1: obviously we're calling Can.
0: I'm... (laughs) When I heard about the holes, that was my first instinct is especially with how antsy this guy was to get rid of it. Like Yeah. But now my question is, is that guy the one who killed that poor man?
1: And if so, do we turn him in? Yeah, how did that original guy get in possession of that truck?
0: Right. Or did he have a similar experience and like saw this ghost and was so scared of
1: it and wanted to get rid of it? I prefer that one. Right. And like maybe this guy has a deal with like the local, I don't know, devil? The No, I was <laughs> i was going to say like the tow company or something. Oh. And so he gets to like buy trucks for real cheap and that's, it's just, you know, his 20th truck that he grabbed. But this one was so different. So he had to get rid of it quickly. Here's the thing that's so disturbing. This poor man gets murdered and who knows what happened and, and what the involvement mm-hmm. was with that situation. But in the end, gets murdered in this truck. And there are bullet holes and there is evidence and obviously bad vibes. But for his face, his astral body, his ghost to have chunks missing out of his face and for him to just make eye contact and shriek, I just, I don't know, I feel I'm like, I don't know if it's actually him or if there's some like creepy darkness that attached to residual
0: energy. I mean, that death sounds awful. I can totally understand why a spirit would scream. And I mean, we've been doing this for four years, this podcast, and I can still confidently say we don't understand the paranormal world and like how it works. And Mm -mm. But just from my human physical brain, I'm like... If that happened to me so suddenly, especially a drive by and like so shockingly and unexpectedly, I imagine it's a really confusing place to be. And like, yeah, it it might just this poor soul just might not know what happened and not be able to grasp it and just feels
1: this pain. And like, there's no closure, you know, it's just it's just right awful. So beyond seeing the ghost of this man, a presumed this man, there was also a bullet and a bottle of Jack Daniels.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That
1: is it's interesting. It's really interesting. That's confusing having some actual physical thing materialize and stay put.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, cuz I've heard of ghosts manipulating metal or like metal items like coins and things appearing. But mm-hmm. a bottle of Jack? And despite how devastating this story is i would love a ghost who delivers alcohol just like makes it appear
1: i guess the follow-up question is what did that truly materialize out of thin air or was there a bottle of jack that was just moved from the house into the garage by the spirit right did you get free booze or did he just touch your booze
0: you know what curious to add to our long list of enterprises and endeavors we're we're going down let's start a bar called spirits with spirits and we don't provide any alcohol, the spirits do.
1: Well, that is the name of the podcast of the artist who did Bigfoot Holding Me Naked. Well, okay, let's team up. We're going to team up. Woo! <laughs> spirits with spirits. And to ensure that we have some spirit activity, I guess maybe I'll dress up as a ghost and pop <laughs> out every once in a while.
0: No, we don't need that. We'll just have someone doing Ouija boards.
1: Oh, God. Oh, i I'm, I'm never going to come to work. I just wanted your reaction to be the owner that never goes in. (laughs) That's me.
0: You're a silent partner. Okay. This is a story from Rosie and it's called, did my neighbor see me as my past life? Hi ladies. This is going to be a long one because I've had a lot of experiences in my short life. So let's get right into it. My family moved to a historic farm when I was three. Historic meaning land with an old, decrepit, and poorly taken care of settler barn from the mid-1800s on it. No one had lived there since the early 1900s, and there's an old sidewalk with the date it was built near our house. According to my mom, the barn had been used by a colt not too long before we bought it. Now, I'm a major skeptic. I think most things can be pretty easily explained away, but sometimes, listening to your gut is important. And my gut has always told me that this farmland is pure evil. Maybe it wasn't always that way, but it definitely is now. And even just thinking about it long enough to write this has me looking over my shoulder. I've had too many experiences on that land to write them all down, but I'm going to tell you the most notable after I get through a little history. So the barn was built in the mid-1800s by a family that had their own small settler cemetery a few miles up the road. Like many farm owners back in the day, they had slaves. I have found records saying that there's at least one, possibly more, slaves buried on that land, although no one knows where. The family owned about 150 acres back in the day, but we ended up only buying about 12, with what used to be the main house turned barn square in the middle of our land. After some time, someone else bought the land after the original family and built their own house right across from where our house was built. Like I said, a date from the 1940s is on what used to be their sidewalk. Sadly, that house burnt down, and I'm not sure if anyone died in the fire, but no one lived there after that until we bought the property. In the meantime, it was used as a lover's lane where young couples would go to make out and apparently a cult hangout. Now, I think the biggest thing that had happened to me there was in the form of a reoccurring nightmare. I've only ever had this dream when I'm on the farm, and as I got older, I started to have the dream less. But I never went more than six months between having it from the ages of about four until I moved out at 22. It goes like this. I'm walking in a dead forest and it looks like there's a massive fire because there's no grass, no leaves on the black trees, no color. The sun's setting rapidly and I'm sprinting desperately trying to get to a cottage before the sun sets. I know in my soul that if I don't make it before the sun sets, I will be killed. I am being hunted. By what? I'm not sure. But I know it's there, and I also know that I'm in my later teens, maybe a full-grown woman, and I'm wearing a long white dress. Not a wedding dress, but more like a nightgown. At this point in the dream, I'm hobbling from exhaustion, trying to keep moving forward, but I'm in so much pain from running that I have to hurry, but I have no energy. The sun is mere moments away from dipping below the horizon, and everything is dusky. But I can see the front door. I'm almost there, but then there's something touching me. And every time in this moment, I wake up. It's not a scary dream on its own aside from the feeling of pure terror it instilled in me every time I had it. Except for a few things. One, I can't dream in any color and I know I'm dreaming because the dreams have never had any real substance to them. In this dream, I can see a soft blue light, almost lavender sunset. I can see the burnt texture on the trees, feel the cold ground under my bare feet, and the pain in my lungs. Two, the cottage itself. I can see it when I come out of the forest. It's directly ahead of the path. There's a small wooden door with some iron hinges. The main house is closed off, but there's a main porch to the left. Why does that matter? Well, our old barn was originally a house. One day I was exploring where I shouldn't have been, and I found that exact door from my dream leaning on the side of the wall, the original door to the cottage. The barn has a porch on the left side, which is almost exactly the same as it is in my dream. And the worst part, there's a path right next to our artificial pond leading directly to the barn coming out of a small forest. Did I used to live here in a past life? Further making this interesting, at least in my opinion, is the fact that my next door neighbors promptly moved out when one night they saw a small woman in a white nightgown glowing in the dark and sprinting towards the barn. Ooh. Ooh. Now onto the more concrete stuff. I used to like to run around the land by myself when I was really young and bored, and apparently much braver, and one day when I was about 11 or 12, I saw something looming maybe 50 feet in front of me. It was tall and dark and just wrong. There's no better word for it, wrong. Like it should not exist. I booked it the hell out of there and just explained it away to myself as a bear. Except there aren't bears in the part of Texas that I live in. Plus, the thing was standing straight up, but it wasn't wide like a bear would be but it had its arms out to its sides. I thought that weird sighting would be the end of it. However, when I was about 19, I was walking my mother's very steadfast dog, Boone, and I just got a feeling of absolute dread from behind me. I turn around, and sure enough, in the exact same spot is the exact same thing. Again, first thought in my head was, oh shit, a bear. And we took off running home. Boone never even barked. But the encounters have stuck with me, and the other day I was listening to another podcast where they mentioned that sometimes people say dogmen can be mistaken for a bear. Now, I'm not entirely sure I actually believe in dogmen, but there have been supposed encounters reported around where I used to live, and what I saw does seem to fit the description. Another time I was walking Boone, we followed the road instead of sticking to my land, And the road is fine, but there is one patch where it has always felt creepy. And I've always tried avoiding it, but this time Boone wanted to check it out. But as we got closer, the less eager Boone became, and the atmosphere started to feel tense, like something was watching me, trying to see what I was going to do. And then I saw that in the fence, all tangled up was a deer's leg. Just the leg. It honestly looked more like someone had wrapped the fence around it than if a deer tried to jump And got caught. I took a picture and the atmosphere went from being tense to menacing immediately. And now Boone, he never gets scared. He didn't even blink when we saw that dog man thing or whatever it was. But in this moment, he lost his ever loving shit and started barking and trying his damnedest to get away fast. I crossed the street and started walking home, scared that if I ran, whatever it was would attack me. After a few tense minutes of speed walking, the feeling disappeared. And Boone calmed down. I have never gone back there again, but even when I have to just drive past it, I always get the chills. I guess my family is very sensitive to seeing things because my great-grandma also saw the Loch Ness Monster in Scotland.
1: No way.
0: I know, right? And her father shot a ghost because it tried to spook him on his way to church. Also, when I was really little, probably about two, I wasn't really allowed to watch TV or movies or anything, but for ages, before we even moved to the farm, I would tell my mom about how I used to help deliver babies, with a child's vocabulary, of course. And of course, my mom would ask me some questions, and despite never watching TV and not having any access to the internet, I was easily able to answer them. So I guess I was a midwife in my past life? At least my mom never had to explain babies to me as a kid. As I mentioned early, I moved out last year. And guess what? I'm pretty sure my apartment has its very own ghost. Now, I'm not 100% sure it's a ghost. Maybe it's a demon or a shadow person, but there's definitely something here. I've seen someone's shadow out of the corner of my eye several times and can usually feel their presence in my bathroom and laundry room. The only scary experience I had here was when I was lying in my dark room with a migraine, And my husband had once again left the bathroom door open after he left and something as tall as the door quickly poked its head out from the darkness and then vanished. Honestly, that made me mad. Like you don't pay rent here and you're trying to scare (laughs) me. No, thank you. So the next day I pulled out some rice and put it in the corner by my door as an offering, which is an old family tradition, which I've never heard anywhere else, but sometimes I leave milk out instead. And I told the spirit, hey, I get it, you live here, but so do I, and I don't want to force you to leave. Let's be roommates, but if you don't stop acting up, I will get rid of you. So this rice is a peace offering, but don't forget whose home this is. And I guess it worked, because I haven't seen any shadows since, and the spatula we lost during the move turned up the very next day, right in the drawer where it should have been. Ugh, Of course. I can tell the shadow person loves my cat because it's never been creepy in the house, even pre-offering where my cat was. One last story before I leave you guys. I was listening to the episode where you were reading stories about dead-eyed people. Well, I've got my own. I've been called an empath by several people over the years, and whether that's true or not, I always seem to attract the wrong type of people. I swear my first boyfriend will end up being a serial killer if he doesn't get mental help. So when I was about 19, maybe about to turn 20... I was messing around with someone I definitely shouldn't have been, and I knew that I shouldn't have been, but I was young and dumb. He claimed he had a demon attached to him that had protected him his whole life, and I could feel something very wrong about him. He had completely dead eyes, even when he was happy. They looked like shark eyes, and they scared me. But one day, I was walking to my smoking spot during a break in the day, and I just felt something telling me to look behind me. I turned around and there was the guy with the shark eyes staring at me. And I knew instantly he was thinking about whether or not he should kill me to keep me silent. Instant chills. I've never seen so deeply into someone's soul before or since, but I knew I was in danger. And the worst part was I had to pretend I didn't know what he was thinking because I didn't want to tip him off. All right, ladies, I have many more stories, but these are some of the main ones. Let me know if you want to hear some more. And as scary as all of these sound, rest assured that I know I have a guardian spirit who takes care of me, and I'm learning how to protect myself spiritually. See you all on the other side, Rosie.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, Rosie is more than empathic. She's from a line of people who yeah. are so fully connected to the spirit world. I can't even believe, like this is. <laughs> I can't believe this is one email from one person. I know it. I am
0: also so curious. I mean, the fact that she. Okay, this is what's kind of wild to me, the fact that she knew that she was a midwife when she was two years old and told her mom about delivering babies. I'm really curious if. That past life is the same past life of the woman running in the barn and like oh the lives almost connected by them because she had those memories of being a midwife before she even moved to the barn. And then she started having these dreams over and over in her life. And it's like, is it her past life that she was reliving or was it the spirit who had passed away on that land from this like terrible, scary situation of like having
1: to sprint away from someone trying to get home and then not making it or even as you were talking about like making that connection of is this the same person the same past life Mm -hmm. it made me think that maybe the barn was where she lived and then that main house like where the neighbors lived was where she as a midwife had to run in the middle of the night to go help whoever was living there deliver her baby Like, what if there was a (gasps) middle of the night Delivery and she heard the screams and just went running to help.
0: I really want to believe that, but then based on the dream and the well, nightmare, I should say, it sounds like something's chasing her and then something grabs her and she wakes up. So kind of doesn't sound like a man. (gasps) oh could the dog man have
1: been haunting those lands for a long long time and she just continues through every life she lives she is reincarnated in the same area and still has to essentially (gasps) battle it out with the no
0: rosie stay away don't ever go back to that land
1: (laughs) so scary so scary at least her new ghost roommate is like more calm and is able to be reasoned with
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm i so curious. I want to know. I I love the idea of leaving an offering. I'm curious what the reasoning is, like leaving the rice and milk for a ghost.
1: I swear we were talking about some festival in some town where people did the same thing, and I cannot remember where it was. Well, if you
0: think... Du- Day of the
1: Day dead, of the yes. Dead. Well, Diaz de, 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 de los
0: Muertos. Diaz de, de, de la, los Muertos. Thank you for educating me. Anyway... I feel like that is very similar. Like you're leaving out offerings for your loved ones and like
1: meals. Wait, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about that town that leaves red phallic symbols around to ward off the bad spirits. Um, I don't remember that. I think it might have been in the Philippines. Oh. I would like to know more about, was it her aunt or her grandmother? Loch Ness uh, Monster. The Loch Ness Monster. Her great grandma. I need to know more about that. Same. Like, did she write it down? What additional information? Where was she? What did she see? How long was it above water? What parts of it were above water? What color was it? How thick was it? What was it doing? How did it move?
0: Tell us everything.
1: Need to know. How about. did it
0: move? I love that you're interested in how it
1: moved. Well, yeah. Was it, I don't know. Was it up and down? Ooh. Was it like mermaid or was it fish? You oh, know? interesting. I didn't, see,
0: you are You should be a scientist. For cryptids, <laughs> a cryptid scientist, because you're asking all the right questions.
1: Where I'm just like, Ooh, locked this monster. And well, then I've always said that I'm just one big life event away from becoming a full on Bigfoot hunter. So I feel like that can, <laughs> that can extend to like full cryptid. That's, I've, oh. Such a missed opportunity. Why did I study psych in school? I should have done that. I'm pissed. What's the one life event away? Like, what can we
0: do to cause this life event
1: to happen to send you on to this path? I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, you know, how people have like quarter life crises, mm. midlife crises. I think I just like one more of those where I'm just like, what is happening? I feel like I'm dissolving into a puddle. And then when my puddle is rebuilt, I'm a cryptid bigfoot hunter slash researcher slash expert. I totally support that journey for you and then animal planet and discovery can hire me i can be one of those people that they interview and i get real animated when i'm talking about it i mean why do i need a life event can't i just do it now what do you have this is called top hat man red-eyed man and my dog playing with a ghost oh boy (laughs) oh this is from roxy hello spooky ladies and ghost and leia So I've sent a couple emails, but I've already had so many interesting things happen to me since. It's nice to hear all of these encounters and stories you tell, and it makes me happy that I'm not alone. And also, I'm not going crazy. So I found my people. Welcome. Welcome. I have a few more stories that I'm going to share with you. Let's start with my sister's husband's story. So we all worked at a retirement community, and I actually introduced both of them to each other, so they owe me big time for helping them find each other, lol. Anyways, while he was getting trained, he found a security guard that was training him, kept trying to tell him something, but it was like they didn't want to admit or say anything and think people would think they were crazy. Well, they are not. He was training with an older man one night when the older man finally decided to tell him about the extra guests that they have a lot of run-ins with. He clearly didn't hold back and told him all about the mishaps that happened quite often, but no one ever has a rational explanation. One of them was the top hat man. To get a layout of the property, we have buildings A, C, D, E, F, town center, which is the main building, and building B, which was the auditorium. All of these buildings were connected, so you could just walk from building A to F all inside. Many residents would tell the employees about a man who likes to hang out in D building, and he just doesn't look like he belongs. Hmm. Jeff had been working by himself for the first time, and everything was going pretty smoothly until around 11 p.m. He was doing his rounds, walking through the building, and he was just walking around the hallways when he turned the corner of the third floor D building, each building is three floors, and he saw a very tall man in 1800s very fancy suit with a large black top hat. Ooh. He was at one end of the hallway, and... Jeff was at the other end by the emergency doors to get down to the other floors. He was confused and he just kept speaking to the man saying, Hello, sir. This is a private property and if you aren't visiting someone, you're going to need to leave or I'm going to have to call authorities. All while he was saying that, the man just looked at Jeff, gave him a sincere smile, tipped his hat towards him, and began walking towards the doors. Jeff called out to him and raced down the hallway shouting for the man, but by the time he got to the stairwell, no one was there. He searched on all three floors and never found him. To this day, he cannot figure out how he could have left the building so quickly without anyone else seeing him. But at least he was nice. Now, my story with the red-eyed man. I was going through a really bad relationship, very abusive, and I was just in a delusional land and didn't want to accept what others were trying to tell me. One night, my boyfriend and I had just gotten into the biggest fight, and I stormed out of his house, and I went home. I was crying, and I just wanted to go to sleep. I went home. I took some meds to help me sleep and to stop me crying, and finally, I knocked out. So the dream. I had a dream that I was with my boyfriend, and we were at the mall. We were walking around. We were holding hands. And then I started noticing people were staring at us, and some people would flee. I got confused. Did I smell? Did I forget pants? (laughs) I checked myself and I couldn't see anything wrong. That's when I turned to see what was standing next to me. Where my boyfriend should have been was someone who looked like him, but his eyes, where his blue eyes should have been, were two bright red eyes staring back at me. Oh! He looked at me and asked what was wrong in the most menacing way. I started panicking and he would not let go of my hand and I was just trying to get away. He kept saying something that I couldn't comprehend, And I was just crying, screaming for help, but no one came. But somehow, I felt a spark go through my hand and shock his, and he let go. (sighs) I had this sense that I needed to run in a certain direction, and all I heard was this horrible screeching noise from where he was, but something kept telling me not to look back. I have no idea who saved me, because they did, and without that shock, I wouldn't have gotten away. When I was far enough away, all I kept hearing was, leave him, he will eventually kill you. You need to leave him. Oh my god! After that, I went to talk to him, and that's when I broke things off. Thank God I did. He eventually did get in trouble with the law. I'm happy about the split because if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have met my now husband and wouldn't have had a beautiful baby boy who will be two years old in four days. <gasps> Let me see oh. when this was sent. Oh, this was this year. So this was just happy at the birthday, t- second birthday. Happy birthday, baby boy! All right, now on to my last one. I've had a dog, Mowgli, since he was little. I rescued him when he was a baby, and he was very abused, and I couldn't not take him. He became my best friend so quickly, and he has been through all of my good days and all of my bad days. So we lived in an apartment in a small town for about one year, and that's all I could handle. It was in a house that had been converted into two apartments, and me and my husband were desperate for a place since we really needed something for our son – And the rent was unbelievably cheap, so we just signed the lease. Strange things started happening immediately. Things Mm. would move. Lights would be on even though we switched them off. Knocks when no one was there. But the one I noticed who had the most issues in the house was my dog, Mowgli. I'll attach a picture of him because he looks like a little black gremlin. (laughs) Oh my god, he's so sweet. At first, he didn't want to come in. Or he would be shaking and growling at corners or random things. One day I was in the kitchen cleaning and feeding my little guy who was in a high chair when I heard my dog barking. At first I didn't think anything of it, but then I started hearing him go back and forth. And I went to check on him and he kept staring at the couch. He was wagging his tail and then he was running away as if something was being thrown and he would then grab it and run right back and wait. That was the last straw. We moved back to my parents' house, we cut our lease short, and I drive by that place sometimes and I still get this uneasy feeling about it. There are way more scary stories there, but for now, I'll leave you with these. Thank you so much for being awesome, ladies. You keep me company during my car rides, and whenever I can listen. I even got my in-laws obsessed with you guys, too. Hey, little pyramid scheme. I hope you guys do a show in Chicago because I will be there. Thanks again. See you on the other side. Love, Roxy. I think Chicago would be a really fun place to do a show. Side note. Chicago would be so fun. Um, Okay, the first story that her brother-in-law experienced – Mm-hmm. in the retirement community it reminds me so much of that one encounters that we read <gasps> like two times ago i think the oh, one so i feel, I feel like it was even longer than that oh really like, it was a while ago it was this year but, but with it, the woman that, with no face i think there was a woman with no face but then there was also that little old lady who would just like turn and smile and keep walking
0: oh yes 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 and they were like we
1: were wondering where she was tonight that one yes 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 yeah. exactly and now there is this dapper man from the 1800s who's just tipping his the little top hat, hat tip. Like, oh, I must continue to the party, sir. I'm so sorry. He does seem very lovely and nice. He does, but that's that's pretty scary, though, to not know. Yeah, wait. I wonder if this is the same place. What if it is? Was it in Chicago? I don't know. But we don't even know if they're a bunch in Chicago. Of Interesting. Who we'll have to compare. I mean, I'm sure there's more than one retirement community in the whole world. world? No, that's not possible. No way. No way. So interesting, though. Oh my gosh. Okay, but
0: that dream with her boyfriend Mm -hmm. and the red eyes and like him holding on so tightly and being like, "What's wrong?" is horrifying. But it is so fascinating how whether it really was a dark entity in her dream or it was uh, a guardian of some kind giving her this dream as a warning at the end of the dream there was like a voice saying leave him he will eventually kill you like and they were mm-hmm. like the shock and everything so is what forces were working to create this dream so that roxy could leave this relationship
1: right and clearly made it scary enough for her to actually go through with having so much trouble going through with before like she said yeah it also, She was in this delusional state and not accepting what everyone else was telling her. And it took this one terrifying dream to actually push her to make the steps that she needed to be safe and happy. I also – I feel like every time we talk about possession or abuse, I always think of Rick from episode 12. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder if this wasn't a dream put on by some guardian. It was – Was this guy, was he influenced or was he about to be possessed by this red-eyed demon creature? Like, was Mm. this the warning that he was in a bad enough space himself that he was easy to attack and and to attach to?
0: If that's the case, I have some notes for the demon. Why turn your cards? Why show your cards? I know. He tattletailed on himself. Yeah. Thank God he did, though. Yeah, truly. So Roxy could get away and now... Have a um, healthy relationship and a cute little baby
1: boy. Ugh, and Mowgli. And Mowgli. Oh, Mowgli is so cute. I'm very confused about the activity in their house because it sounds like Mowgli was very like, get away from me. I want nothing to do with the energy in this house and things were happening. But then at the end, he starts playing with whatever's in there. Yeah.
0: Well, that could mean there's two different spirits. We we don't know. Mm-hmm. True. Ugh. Anyway, they're out and they're good now. So That's true. Don't have to deal with that. Okay, I have a story from Caitlin, and it's called A Glitch in the Matrix Saved My Life. Hey, girls, let's get right into it. I was in my junior year of college at a small Christian university in the Midwest when I experienced my first spooky event. I was taking 18 credit hours, working 30 hours a week, and was a newlywed, again, Christian university. Needless to say, I was constantly exhausted. One day, I was walking back from Spanish class to my car after bombing a pop quiz. It was early fall, the sun was shining, it was perfect sweater weather, and the leaves had just begun to turn. I was going over every question that I had missed on the quiz, looking down at the piece of paper with red scribbles all over it. I looked up and saw I was nearing the fourth row of cars and saw the back of my rusty burgundy 2005 Taurus. I flipped my backpack over and stuffed my quiz paper inside, But when I looked back up, my car was not down the row of vehicles anymore, and suddenly a Jeep Wrangler full of guys going way too fast came down the next row of cars, turned abruptly, and drove out of the parking lot. Confused, I looked around and saw I was no longer near the fourth row of cars, but the third, and as I walked forward again, I noticed my car was in the next row, the row that I could have sworn I was just at, the row where that Jeep had just driven through. I looked back and there were no burgundy cars in the completely filled third row of vehicles that I was standing in. Not even any red vehicles. So somehow I transported back 20 feet to the other row just in time to be out of the way of that Jeep. Either something wanted me to survive that encounter or maybe one version of me passed and my consciousness went into a parallel universe, I do not know. Anyway, thanks for reading, I love the pod so much. I was going to include a time a UFO flew over my car and jammed my radio signal but I'll save that for another time because this is already too long. But no, Caitlin, you need to send it to us. <laughs> uh, she says,
1: "See you on the other side, Caitlin." Okay. Interesting. There's a, a lot of possibilities as to what happened. I mean, first of all, thank goodness she was saved, or at least got to jump to another timeline yeah. and continue living there. If which is something that I think saved. about often. Well, because people do that for manifesting. There's. I was just seeing some woman giving a tutorial online about. You fill up two glasses of jars and there's some other stuff. But basically you hop from one glass jar, which is your current life, to the other filled water jar, which is the alternate timeline or like another dimension that you are living somewhere else that has the thing that you're looking for. Hmm. So that just – yeah, that's all really interesting. But do you remember on YouTube, (laughs) there was that video that went really popular I, probably like 10 years ago and it was like God on tape mm-hmm. and everyone's like this is fake and honestly it probably is but there was that unexplained video of this guy that he's on yes. the bike and he's about to get hit by a car and it's the middle yeah. of the night and a traffic cam catches this like glowy creature going at super speed moving him, him out of the way then, yep could this have happened to her and it just was so fast she didn't know what was going on
0: you know what i'm so proud of myself usually i don't know your references but i knew that one so i'm so proud I I'm also proud of you but did I spent some time on YouTube I think <laughs> yes I, yes I did I was a I was a normal teenager sometimes but that is interesting I am curious if they have cameras security cameras on the campus and over the parking lot I imagine they do let's uh rewind the tapes oh that would have been such a good idea to ask for that I don't know if anyone would give you access. And also, would that be scarier to confirm rather than just being like, well, like it could have been all these other different reasons or things that could have happened. Right.
1: Yeah, and especially if she did move to another timeline, let's say. That's what happened. The tape mm-hmm. in the new timeline would show her just walking normally. It wouldn't show her being hit by a car or moved That's by true. true. Which I feel like is even scarier because to me – The paranormal is less scary than the idea of losing my own mind. And I feel like in that moment, I would feel like I'm losing control of my reality. Okay, but it would be really interesting based on the fact that she
0: has this knowledge of all these different things that happened. If she did find the footage and she does only walk in the third row of cars, does that then confirm the fact that she jumped universes? (sighs)
1: my gosh, maybe. And then also,
0: what universe do we exist in? Like, do we exist in both for her? Is she listening to our podcast
1: in both universes? That's the thing that I have questions about. So when people talk about jumping to different timelines, is everything the same? Like, or do you just know that everything's going to be the same except for this one thing that you're asking to be different? Or could I you risk know. everything being different? Like, I, don't I know. Like, I wouldn't want to jump. And have we jumped and we just don't know? I don't know. <laughs> so no. many possibilities so many questions it's exactly why if I had the same amount of money as Jeff Bezos and I could do everything I could solve world hunger I could do all the good things I would also use my money to continue the series the OA because I feel like that was the perfect (laughs) series to describe stuff like this and we were all left disappointed that it didn't get renewed and I'll never get over it and it's a grudge I'm gonna hold for the rest I loved that show yes Okay, so what we do know is that in
0: whatever timeline we jump to next, we hope that the OA is continuing. And is on season four,
1: and so we have lots to binge and catch up on. All right. <laughs> I have one. This is from Sarah, and it is called Scottish Ghost slash Poltergeist Attached to a Victorian Dresser. <gasps> ooh. Ooh. Everything we love. An antique hi ladies okay so i actually adore your podcast as a self-obsessed giant scary cat i love your fab mix of comedy fun and friendliness with spooktacular stories ghosties and history so good i listen while i paint in my studio and it's like hanging out with friends as i work so i have a spooky story for you here a ghostly tale if you will but all of it is real every single bit I live in central Scotland, and this haunting is something I would really love to hear your thoughts on. Like, what is it? I have no idea, and frankly, I'm too big of a scaredy cat to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) So picture this. We live on an old farm, and when I say old, I mean freaking old. There was a Roman road that is marked through the fields. There was a battle way back in the 1700s, in something on nearby moors, and the farm building itself is several hundred years old. It's been in our family for generations, and it's quiet, surrounded by moors and woods, My grandparents owned the farm and my parents got permission to build a new house on the farm. This was to be the new tenant's house and was a long-awaited project. Construction started back in 2008 and the house was completed a year later. As a new build house, it was as modern as can be. Underfloor heating, super cozy and insulated. I mean, it is Scotland. We do need to be cozy. (laughs) And a far cry from the stone built buildings from the 1700s that scatter the rest of the farm. I was at uni by this point, so never really stayed in the house. But when I went back home, I was struck by just how very warm the house was. It was like a greenhouse. The heat got trapped. And one room in particular was absolutely boiling. It was what my mum likes to call the sunroom, but really it's just a conservatory. It was so hot that it was stifling to be in there. It was like a freaking sauna and the glass intensified the sun. So it was like we really were in a giant greenhouse. That is, it was that way until our ghost moved in. Oh, the sunroom is big and spacious and full of light, and my mom wanted a piece of furniture that could suit the room. Off they went to an antique sale, which was selling dressers from local hotels. My mom was particularly keen on one that the local hotel, which she had her 21st birthday meal at, was selling. The dresser used to sit in the corner of this hotel's dining room and was big, dark, almost black, Wooden old dresser with mirrors in the top and huge ornate designs on the cupboards. It used to be laden with cups and saucers for fancy afternoon tea in the 70s and 80s, but it was actually built in the 1880s. About as gothic as you can get, and my mama wanted this monstrosity (laughs) for her conservatory. Purchase completed, they bought the dresser and brought it back to the house in a van and put it into that sunroom. I kid you not, when I say the room instantly that day became freezing cold, bitter cold, the dresser creaked constantly, gusts of wind would blow up through the hallway, even enough to stir the curtains and move the hair on your head. On more than one occasion, we checked to see if the window was open, but as in all good ghost stories, none ever were. We all agreed that it was just the furniture settling into the house, coming from <laughs> a cold, old, closed-down hotel to a new, warm yeah. building. Yeah, right, right. Dressers hey. have emotions. My parents slowly realized not all was as it seemed. My mom, a pharmacy technician, and stepdad, a man with both feet firmly planted on the ground, started to notice something was not right. Clatterings and bangs, like wooden rulers falling to the floor, occurred regularly throughout the day. Sounds like wooden cupboard doors slamming were a daily occurrence. The feeling in the room was no longer cozy and inviting, but menacing and malevolent. You felt watched, and like the noises in the wind were to announce a presence and simultaneously keep us at bay from the room and instill fear. It was working. My mom was so horrified by the feeling that she took to not looking in the mirrors of the dresser when she cleaned for fear that she would see something behind her in the reflection. And on more than one occasion, she left the hallway and went outside to the house because the feeling coming from that sunroom was just too much to handle. As I was at uni, my room was the only unoccupied room in the house. It was directly above the living room and was the other room for the spirit's movements. Literal footsteps could be heard walking across the wooden floor. Not creaks or taps, actual steps. You could hear the placement of each foot and the beat of time between each step was exactly the space needed for a leg or something to move. For the skeptics that say, it's the heating or the air in the pipes, my stepdad built the house with his own two hands, and he knows exactly where those pipes are placed, and it was not anywhere near that bedroom flooring. All four of us could be downstairs in the living room and hear these footsteps. There would be taps on doors, knocking noises like someone wanted to come into a room and always the steps on the floor in my room both my mom and stepdad were completely convinced that there was something attached to the dresser and eventually after a gin or two they both finally admitted it to each other (laughs) (laughs) i knew something was going on but i was in a happy uni bubble drinking shots going to one euro nights out and i was about to meet my future now husband I was paying almost zero attention to any of the spooky shit that was going on. This was partially because I was too busy, but also because I'm very sensitive to paranormal things and energy changes, and I was trying to err on the out-of-sight, out-of-mind thought (laughs) process. Very fair. Yes. They decided to name the spirit to make it more friendly, hopefully, (laughs) and they named her Gertrude. Oh. A weird name, I grant you, and very old-fashioned. And put a pin in this, too, because in the end of the story, you will be shook. Okay, so pinning Gertrude. After Gertrude was named, my mom decided to enforce the same strict telling off of the dresser as she did on us children. Hands on her hips, one finger pointing towards it in undeniable mum telling off stance. She told Gertrude to behave herself and stop with this creepy behavior or she would be getting rehomed. (laughs) Can you imagine a grown adult woman standing telling off a dresser? Yep, that happened. Absolutely hilarious, but true. Things became calmer. The activity continued, but the malevolent feeling and the hostility was gone. Until I arrived home from uni, having completed my degree and moving back until I got a job full-time. Gertrude, happily enjoying her life with us. She was clattering, banging, walking about my room, and causing giraffes, but the evil feeling was now gone. Now, it felt just a little jumpy, but like maybe she had gotten used to the house... Once I was back in my room, however, the malevolent feeling was entirely focused on me. Maybe she wasn't used to me. Maybe she knew I could sense something and decided to mess with me. Whatever it was, it was tangible, and I really was not liking it. I had lights that would go on and off in my room, or break completely. The lamps were replaced more than once. I had touch lamps that went on and off by touching the base firmly, and these were the ones that would go on and off without warning. It wasn't the lamp warming up or an accidental knock. Something was activating them. Wow. I used to hear clicking and ticking, tapping in the steps when I would be tucked in the bed. The steps were the worst. They went from one side of the room to the other at the foot of my bed and were almost always accompanied by lamps going on and off, but mostly off. There's nothing as horrible as hearing steps and then being plunged into complete darkness. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I became absolutely positive that the activity would increase just as I was getting ready for bed and increase again once I switched the lights off. I swear Gertrude would start being extra creepy once my lamp was off. It's the countryside. Everything is pitch black when the lights are off. No streetlights, no noises, nothing. It's usually completely silent except it wasn't. I could hear tapping like fingernails on the wood, footsteps ticking noises, and the atmosphere was awful. You know the pressure change you feel in your eardrums just before a storm? imagine that but indoors my room was absolutely freezing all the time even if we had the fire on you could leave my door open to encourage the heat to circulate but there was like this wall of cold air as soon as you went into my room the evening activity escalated each night getting worse after i switched my lights off for a few weeks i would lie in bed freaking the fudge out because i could sense whatever this was was deliberate deliberately menacing, and then I was being messed with. The noises, the clattering, the steps, the taps, they all got louder and louder and louder every night. And many times I would switch my light on again and wait for the noises to stop and then switch it off again, only for them to begin again. I knew that whatever Gertrude was, she was holding back until I was in the dark. Nope. One night, it was awful. I had enough and apparently lost my marbles and asked Gertrude to get out of my room, accompanied by me opening my bedroom drawer and gesturing to this invisible spirit. I can certify that I must have looked like a madman. The noises and the cold were so evil feeling and the atmosphere could just be cut with a knife. I was scared stiff. I constantly felt like I was being watched, which was new, and I really didn't want to turn away from the door and face the way to the wall where my bed was. That would leave my back exposed to the whole room, and I could not do that. I switched my light off, and I hoped to fall asleep quickly. What happened next chilled me to my core. Oh, no. I heard a loud clouder, like a cupboard door slam. Four footsteps run across my wooden floor, and then the biggest bang on my wardrobe sliding door. It shook the room. It was so loud. <sighs> the sound can only be described as if I had taken both And I slammed them with full force onto the door to create this noise. It was no joke when they say in movies or books that your blood runs cold because my body felt electric with terror and my blood became like ice. I've never been more terrified. I reached to switch the light on, absolutely terrified that something was going to grab my wrist. As I leaned over the bed and I reached for the light, the atmosphere changed once it was on and it became less wicked. Almost like she had made her point. Almost like that terror was her way of winning. So I slept with the lamp on for weeks. Alone in the house a few weeks later, I was in the kitchen getting ready to pick up my now husband from work. It was winter and it was pitch dark outside. And all of a sudden, I knew I needed to leave the house immediately. I cannot describe the feeling accurately. It was like my full body was screaming at me to run. The evil feeling was so thick in the air that I had goosebumps and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I knew not to turn around and look. I grabbed my keys. I ran out the door, leaving the full house lights on and ran to my car. I heard the door through the house slam once I was out of the house and locked it. Nobody else was there. I got in my car. I drove away and I did not look back in the window, blazing with light because I absolutely knew that if I did, I would see a figure. Christmas came around and I was about to move in with my now husband after New Year's. So I was spending more time with my parents, packing, organizing, etc. Gertrude had mostly left me alone after making her point with the noises in my room, but sometimes I would feel pressure on the foot of my bed as if someone had sat down. Cold winds and always the steps around the room. But apparently, this time, my Christmas shopping tickled her interest. I left my shopping bags out in the middle of the room. I was in bed that night, and they started rustling and moving. Literally, I stood watching them As the bag moved independently, as if someone invisible was poking through it looking for something. I looked at this and I thought, there must be a mouse. I mean, hey, it's a farm. I went over to the bag and I thought it was strange that the mouse wasn't frightened by my footsteps. The bag kept moving. I heard three footsteps and then a slam on the door. Aha, Gertrude was nosy. She just wanted to see what I'd bought. I hadn't felt evil this time, more just curious, I thought. But I kept the bags in drawers after that. New Year's came, I moved out, but my room remained freezing, as did the conservatory. The clatters and taps continued, but everyone was so used to it that we just didn't even consider it evil now. All of us had been sat in a room and heard a cupboard slam and realized the only people in the house are together. So who made that noise? If I stayed over at my mom's after I moved out for parties, special occasions, etc., you betcha I could still sense Gertrude. She still likes to switch lamps off in my room, and I've felt her sit on the bed while I'm in it. I think she's got a bit of a wicked sense of humor and gets a kick out of scaring me. I'm definitely the biggest scaredy cat in my family, <laughs> but I'm also the most open to spirits in other worlds. I think that's why she's most active with me. We've had dogs bark at corners where nothing is there. One even was barking at a corner once and then yelped like he'd been hit and oh ran no. over and cowered under the bed upstairs. <gasps> Doors slammed with no wind, and even now I never look back at the lit windows if it's dark, and I'm outside just in case I see a figure that shouldn't be there. But where did the name come from? Well, I was curious, and on a drunken whim, I decided to research the dresser, the hotel, all that spooky shit to get some answers. The hotel that the dresser came from was actually built as a residential house in the early 1800s, and interestingly, the furniture was all custom made for the family too. I was tipsy, and I thought, it would be like research in a horror movie where they Google the house and all that would come up as a black and white picture of the members of the house One would be blurry and I'd look into it and I'd find they died near the dresser, etc. Maybe I'd get a photo of the maid that worked there and thus solve the puzzle like an after school special of the Famous Five. However, it wasn't as easy as that. When the house was sold, it became a hotel. The very one our mom had her 21st at and the furniture custom built for the house stayed with it the furniture designer also made other dressers like ours and actually fun fact one of his other dressers is chilling out at a and a museum in london i've seen it while visiting i wish i had everything wrapped up in a neat little bow like they do in the movies and we knew why this happened or who it was that was attached to the dresser i've googled hard but no information I'm partly convinced that it was a maid from the hotel who attached to the dresser, but I cannot find concrete information to support that. Now, for all my sensitivity to spirits and belief in worlds that are not just our own, I cannot fathom what it is that attached to this dresser. I had considered a spirit and a poltergeist, but the behavior seems erratic and it's not the same all the time. Is it something more evil? Is it something playing with us, but is now more well-behaved? Is it a maid or someone who used to work in a huge stately home? I would love to hear your theories on it because I just can't figure it out. Anyway, lovelies, I will leave this mini novella here. Thank you so much for such a cabbie podcast (laughs) and cannot wait to hear more. Stay spooky, Sarah. I have a theory. Yes.
0: I wonder if it is a young child spirit. Oh. Because it seemed to have made an agreement with Sarah's mom. And the way that Sarah's mom spoke to it, and then it started to behave. But then Sarah came home and started acting out again, which makes me think of, like, sibling rivalry or, like, jealousy. And, like, whoever the spirit Mm. is is jealous of the attention Sarah gets from her
1: parents and wants them to herself. I think that makes sense. Because thinking about a kid, like, a kid just... Entering a space with no supervision or no rules will go wild. We saw that in Jimmy Neutron movie. <laughs> but once the mom is like, hey, get in line. No, I think Sabrina, I really think you're onto something here. I like can't even come up with, a, with a, another theory because I think that this is right.
0: And it also makes sense of like a kid to try to scare her to like, you know, one, because... It knows that Sarah is more of a scaredy cat and two, as like a way to, you know, push her away or make her afraid of staying there. Mm -hmm. And like that feels very childish in nature. And if it doesn't always feel negative and her parents and other family members have gotten used to this spirit, like it does make me think it's not necessarily and hope that
1: it's not necessarily like pure evil. One thing that's tripping me up just ever so slightly is that. The footsteps seem deliberate and spaced out. And I feel like adults walk and kids run. Mm, that's true. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know how big this bedroom is. I don't know if this child is just moving slowly in the darkness. I, it could I don't also know. be
0: a teenager, you know? It could be a. Right. Like, I feel like when we think kid ghost, like we think like five years old, but I feel like a kid could also be 16, 17. And. That's also the prime age of, you know, stubbornness and a little bit of pushing the boundaries and testing the people in your
1: lives. I'm just so interested by <laughs> Gertrude going through the bags. The I curiosity and, and like not stopping until Sarah's right up next door investigating and then running off <laughs> and slamming the door. Like, oh, you ruined it. <gasps> Which also is childish. Yes, exactly. Yet there's a, The slamming of doors, the outbursts, you're right. It's very lack of emotion regulation and the inconsistencies got to be a child because I feel like it would be more consistent if it were a demon (laughs) like it would just get exponentially worse but this is kind of all over the place yeah I don't know what do we know the answer is nothing (laughs) but
0: so fascinating and I'm I would love a picture Sarah if you want to send us a picture of the dresser
1: (gasps) the dresser yes oh you know It's always a risk when you buy an antique that it's going to be haunted. And that's why I have that rule for myself where I have to love it so dang much that the ghost will be like, it's deservingly yours now.
0: Okay. Well, another, I guess, question for you is if you love something so, so much, are you then willing to deal with the ghost? Or if you had it and then there was a ghost, you would try to
1: sell it back? I feel like this is rude of me to say, but I'd probably try to get rid of the ghost first and keep the the item. And then if I couldn't do that, then I would get rid of the whole item. I'm not dealing right. – I don't love anything enough to deal with super intense paranormal activity.
0: And it's not rude of you to say get rid of it because you could do it in a good way of more of helping it move on than getting rid of it, you know?
1: Right. And the other thing too – and I always remind people of this when people are like, oh my house i feel scared like will you bring over some of your sage i'm like well cleansing your space only cleanses it of bad energy and negativity so if there are spirits here that are kind and happy and good and fine they're gonna still be here after this which is fine let them stay exactly lord knows my parents house in vermont's got plenty of them okay all right Let's hear it, Sabrina. This is from Erin
0: and is called the pedophile ghost slash demon slash something in my parents' bedroom closet. Help. Oh, God. Hello, ladies. (laughs) This is the creepiest, most unexplainable thing that has ever happened in my life and takes place during the summer that I was 13 years old. Let me preface that I've always been interested in the paranormal and spooky. I started watching horror movies at about 11 years old. But I can't stand to watch them anymore. Give me a scary-ass podcast about B.E.K. any day, but I cannot handle a scary movie anymore. And I started reading creepypasta on Reddit this summer of my unexplainable incident. So needless to say, my mind was full of creepy possibilities and probably a desire to see a ghost myself. My mind was also full of mental illnesses just starting to mature at this point, so on top of my desire for all things creepy, I was also at an extremely vulnerable point in my life, which I understand can cause an increase of paranormal activity. Mm. I'm 11 years out from this situation, and it still gives me the creeps. My dad had just picked me up from day camp and left me at home while he went to run some errands. I'm the youngest of a big family. So, it was rare that I was ever home alone for any amount of time, and it really scared me to be in our big house all by myself. I felt safe since it was the middle of the afternoon and I knew that someone would be home pretty quickly, but I locked all of the windows and doors and went up to my parents' room to take a shower because theirs was much nicer than the communal one that I shared with my older siblings. I locked their bedroom door and hopped in the shower, and their bathroom doesn't have its own door except for the toilet. Just a full wall and you have to turn the corner in order to get into the bathroom area. So directly across from the shower is my parents' walk-in closet that doesn't have a door either. As I was shampooing, I got some product in my eyes and leaned out of the shower to dry my face with a towel. Immediately, I felt like I was being watched. Despite being in a locked room in a locked house, I knew that someone was watching me. I looked up at their closet and saw a man standing in the center of it staring at me with piercing blue eyes. His hands were balled in fists at his hips, and he was dressed in an impeccable suit with a black tie. His hair was white. His skin was wrinkled. His eyes were full of rage and complete hatred for me. I froze on the spot. I couldn't move. I could only stare right back into his eyes, and I suddenly realized I was half hanging out of the shower, completely naked, soap still in my hair, completely and utterly vulnerable, alone and terrified. I slowly reached into the shower to turn off the stream, never taking my eyes off of him. I wrapped myself in the towel I was using to dry my face, bent down to pick up my clothes, acted normal, all without ever losing eye contact with whatever the hell was in my parents' closet. In order to get out of the room, I had to walk toward the closet, and I was terrified that he would lean out and grab me, but I had no choice but to leave or remain cornered. The little room with the toilet didn't lock, and I had to get out of the room to be safe. So I walked toward him, keeping eye contact and willing myself to fight if he ever tried to attack me. But he didn't move as I approached. He let me pass by him, but his eyes followed me as I refused to even blink in fear that he'd storm me in that millisecond. I reached for the door, let myself out into the hallway, closed my parents' bedroom door, and walked down the hall to my oldest brother's room since my bedroom at the time had no lock on it. I was afraid to walk downstairs to call for help because we had no cell phone and the landline was in the kitchen, and I just knew that calling for help would be pointless. He would be gone before anyone could get to me. I put back on my dirty clothes from camp and armed myself with a plastic wiffle ball bat. If he made any attempt to harm me, I would not go down without a fight. I stayed in my brother's room until I heard the front door unlock, and my parents' bedroom door didn't open again until someone else went in to take a shower. All of the doors and windows were locked when my family got home, so if there were a living person in that house, they were in it before I locked up, and they would still be in the house then. I didn't bother telling my family what happened. I knew that there was no evidence and that no one would believe me. A few years later, my sister and I were sitting in the family room directly below my parents' bedroom. The back corner of the ceiling began creaking, and my sister said that the man who lives in that closet is taking his evening stroll. I asked what she meant. I hadn't said anything about what I saw that day to her, and she replied that every day at the same time, you can hear footsteps from our parents' bedroom closet. The footsteps are heavy like a man's, so she says a man lives in their closet. She meant it as a joke, because she doesn't believe in ghosts. We all hear the footsteps, and they are entirely contained to that small area of my parents' bedroom. I told my aunt and uncle about this a few months ago, and my uncle immediately commented on how weird it would be if we had a ghost because my parents built the house. He wonders what may have been on the property before or if maybe someone drowned in the ravine behind our house. How strange that it would be contained just to that small space, though. And why would it only show itself to a young girl while she is bathing? I don't know what this thing is, if it's a ghost or something more sinister. But I know that it has been 11 years since this happened and I am still terrified of my parents' bedroom and won't go in there if I can help it. I haven't taken a shower in there since that day, and I will do everything in my power to make sure I never have to be alone in that room again. My family now all knows what I saw that day, and no one has an explanation. For a while, they teased me, saying that I was crazy and attention-seeking, but as my fear of that part of the house persisted into adulthood, and I have never retracted my story, they now believe me, and they believe that I saw something on that terrifying day." No one knows what I saw, though, and that's part of why I keep sending this story to other podcasts and yours included. Do you have any idea what that may have been? I have not seen him or it again, but I have sensed and heard it moving and talking when I'm home alone. It's always while I'm alone. Even as I type this, I can sense it in the house. So I will definitely not be going to my parents' bedroom at any point in the near future. I'm the last kid at home now, and I have to make sure that their bedroom door is closed at all times. My fiancé is great at immediately checking when he comes over and shutting the door for me if he sees it's open. I move out of the house at the end of October, and I hope that this thing stays put. It doesn't bother anyone else in the family, and I just pray it won't follow me once I leave the house. See you on the other side, (sighs) Erin.
1: I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a spirit that's just... Repeating its activity through the house, and maybe, maybe Erin's more sensitive to the point where she, or maybe she was just like so relaxed in the shower that she entered this space where she could actually physically see the spirit. Maybe he's always there. Yeah, interesting. Not to make it
0: creepier, but I don't know. It is weird though because his eyes followed her. You know, so it doesn't feel only residual. If it's
1: fault like that, feels very active True. and not passive right yeah that's so interesting it isn't inter- i'm curious to know if other people who are alone in the house also have this sense of heightened awareness that someone else is there you know like what yeah. if it's just when you're alone regardless of who it is when people are alone he makes himself more known it sounded like they heard the footsteps
0: Kind of at the same time. So when her her and her sister were together, but then, right? But then she also made a comment that most of the time, when she experiences it, she's
1: alone. It's so interesting. It's so scary. I can't even imagine the fear that pulses through your body as you're in a shower in a vulnerable state, and then you see this man just standing there, staring at you, watching you as you make every move. And she was 11, I think, or 13 years old. Like that's so young. That's, yeah, that's something that you would never, ever forget in your life. I feel like regardless of age, you'll never forget, but I feel like it's just even more scarring when it yeah. happens when you're
0: younger. And I mean, honestly, that's so, Erin, I commend you because the
1: bravery it takes to walk towards a figure. And also just to ever shower again in that same shower. Well, I don't think she has. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I'd be like, I need, I need my mom to sit, I know. sit on the toilet while while I'm in here showering.
0: And such a bummer that that's like the nicer shower, and now you're too scared to shower in it because of I a know. stupid ghost ruining it for you. Oh my gosh,
1: very creepy. It's yeah. I mean, the man lives in your parents' closet, so I feel like the parents have got to have, have experienced a bunch too. I'm always curious because I feel like parents are it's so typical for parents to experience something horrifying and terrifying paranormal wise and to just never say anything to their kids because they don't want to scare them more than the kids are already scared yeah so i am curious if the parents whose closet this guy is supposedly living in are coming in and out of what they've seen what they've experienced
0: yeah Aaron, let us know it does sound like do. it does sound it is strange Aaron's uncle brought up a good point like it doesn't matter that her parents built the house because, as we've learned in this podcast, ghosts can be anywhere. But it is strange that it is contained just to that closet.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, is there
0: something in there that belonged to him?
1: Right. Yeah. Going to antiques, an old. I mean, could it be? Yeah, antiques, or I'm even thinking of like you know a shoe box or like a storage box with yeah. like old family photos of your great great grand or a tie was passed down to you. Or it could be a tie. It could be like yeah any yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, well, I'm curious. Me too. I guess it's hard to figure out what exactly is the haunted artifact I know. when burn not everything too much in the new- closet. <laughs> Get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. Uh, okay, well, I have one for us to end on. I picked this for you. It's from Leanne, and it's called Aliens, Aliens, Aliens. <gasps> yes. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I'm still pretty newish to the podcast, and I binge it every day at work. I must say that I'm a bit obsessed and honestly, I feel like I have a similar story for every episode. So this is probably the first of many emails to come. So I'm on episode 50 and just as an FYI, I am terrified of aliens. So go me for sticking this out. <laughs> Literally, my biggest fear is aliens and everyone I know. Oh my gosh, I already feel bad because we have that one listener story that's so scary when we listen to the audio <gasps> of Ugh, the alien. Which we have to post it, still. We do. I know. But I mean, the fact that it shook you so hard, I feel like it's going to really shoot yeah. you. Man, I'm, yeah. Man, I'm so sorry. Like, this is an apology after that. <laughs> but no, actually, she'll know that – we'll email her, let her know that we read her email, and then she'll listen to this, and then she'll know okay. that that's coming. Yeah. Some morning. Okay. Literally, my biggest fear is aliens, and everyone I know knows how scared I am of them. So I have a story that I've never told anyone before because I'm not quite sure how to make out what happened. When I was 14, I was visited by aliens. They didn't just show up at the door either. How rude, right? No, these effers came out from under my bed. (gasps) There was another witness, but she doesn't really count because it was my younger sister who at the time wasn't even one yet. Anyways, here's the story. It was mid-afternoon in the middle of the summer and my mother had just put my sister and I down for a nap in our shared bedroom. I hated naps as a kid. I was a wild child and I wanted to be awake all hours of the day and night. And that day, I just wasn't having it. And I let it be known. I kept getting up and demanding to stay up. And I also cried and screamed so much because I'm a brat. And I own it. (laughs) But time after time, my mom would bring me back to my room. And I eventually stopped going out, but continued to cry and scream at the door about not being tired and wanting to stay up. I eventually laid back in bed. And I remember sobbing a little more quietly while laying on my left side until I saw a disgusting hand reach up over the side of my bed. The hand looked black, dark brown, and scaled sort of. It was definitely not human or anything that I'd seen. And my parents let me watch some effed up movies from a young age. My first instinct was to roll over to the other side and just ignore what was happening. But again, another huge hand came up over the other side of the bed. I looked down at the bottom of the bed and this blackish bodied looking thing with huge eyes was on the foot of my bed staring curiously at me with a slightly bobbing head and was crawling (gasps) up towards me and then she goes i was spoiled like corinne i also had a queen size (laughs) the two on the side had also gotten up on the bed and were crawling at me i was so terrified i started yelling okay okay i'll go to sleep i'll go to sleep i promise i'll go to sleep I kept my eyes closed tight while saying this, and that's all I can remember. I don't know if I fell asleep at this point or what, but I know for sure I 100% was awake while this happened. Fast forward to episode 87 where I am now, because writing this brought up some scary memories of that day. And I just listened to Cricket's story about aliens visiting her in her room, how she heard voices in a language she couldn't understand, and that her mom was half Cherokee and saw lights when people passed. And same. Only my mother is Maliseet. I hope I'm saying that right. A Native American tribe from northern Maine and western New Brunswick, Canada. After this incident, I know whatever visited me had left a presence because sometimes late at night or early morning, I would hear strange noises slash talking coming from other rooms in my house and I could never understand it. Anyway, I only mentioned this story from Cricket because it made me feel a little less crazy. I debated sending the story in because it all sounds so weird, but knowing there's someone out there who had a similar experience and whose background is so similar to mine really pushed me into wanting this to be heard. I've sat on this memory for 30 years and I've struggled to come to terms with what happened that day. Until listening to your podcast, I didn't know much about the paranormal world. I can tell you that I've had many experiences over my lifetime, but could never make sense of what happened. I've had dreams of doppelgangers, of family members, which turned out to be aliens. I've spoken to X with a Ouija board. I've seen shadow people. I was tormented by a ghost in my childhood home for years and more. I've loved learning all of this stuff from you two girls and have enjoyed hearing everyone else's experiences and stories. It makes me feel a little less crazy. LOL. One thing I did not like hearing about was the hat man. Holy effing shit. I seriously Google (laughs) imaged photos of him to send to my mom and dad once a month asking have you seen this man before (laughs) and the answer has been no so far (laughs) that's great great news oh my god I love the follow-up just like monthly like are you sure you still haven't seen this man (laughs) anyway thanks so much for an amazing podcast I love listening to you too you make it fun to be afraid see you on the other side Leanne well you just made me afraid so I know what the crawling. And then she doesn't remember anything after. She just thinks that they went away and she went to sleep. But I'm like, did she get But did she? Also, it was like the middle of right. the day. And it was also the perfect time for her to be snatched up by aliens for a moment. Because her mom was already like, I've been in this room far too many times. It is what it is. Just lay here and I'm not coming back for an hour.
0: I can't. Oh my gosh. I can't. I can't. I can't. This is... Like the fact that there were multiple of them and also how did they get under your bed and why why were they under your bed? Did they come through
1: the floor? I'm so – I see, I, I don't like aliens anymore. This Yeah, this has been a hard turn on the alien train over the past month or so. Yeah. You know, maybe they should stop being so creepy and start getting I mean, real. I th- I guess there's different species and so when you say you love aliens, it's like, well, which ones? Because you could be saying you love something that's really gross and bad.
0: Well – I like, okay, I love the aliens that are like kittens because people say cats are aliens anyway. So (laughs) those those are my aliens.
1: Those are your aliens. I'm very curious about Leanne's poor one-year-old sister who was also in the room. Like, was she awake? Did she see this and just not know what's going on? Did she start crying? Was she just passed out having a good old baby dream? uh,
0: Probably sleeping and enjoying the blissfulness. But like... That's all that Leanne remembers. So, what happened after? I don't
1: know, and I also have more questions. Like, for these aliens, they came out from under her bed. So that makes me question whether these aliens can essentially teleport and just put themselves in a convenient spot and like go through walls or if they had cased out the house and were waiting under there for a long time. And how long is long for Ugh, them? I don't can like they just that. like lay there for like 5 days waiting? <gasps>
0: Do they need food and
1: sustenance or do they just like they can just yeah, be in total stillness? Just be until uh, the time comes. Just dormant I don't like it until All right, they everyone crawl.
0: Check under your beds, under your houses tonight because there might be some aliens hiding there waiting to crawl on top of you your bed. Don't
1: want to be snatched.
0: Don't get snatched. No, not that kind of snatched. But it's hot, cool summer, so you can get the other
1: type of snatched. <laughs>
0: and you can get spooked by continuing to listen to our podcast or you can also spook us by sending us your ghost stories of all kinds alien stories ghost stories cryptid stories heartwarming sad scary terrifying we love them all please send them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com
1: also please rate and review us on itunes that's hugely helpful for the growth of our podcast and visibility of it so much appreciated if you enjoy our podcast to go ahead and do that. And then also word of mouth is huge. You know, tell all the people. Tell them all. And if you do get abducted by aliens, tell
0: them about our podcast. But just tell them <laughs> I don't really want to see them, but more just like tell them to listen and then broadcast it through the interspace station and tell all their alien friends oh about it. Oh my gosh.
1: We also have social media. So you can follow us on Instagram. We have a Facebook group. The a group of fellow phantoms out there moderate so effortlessly. Uh, well, I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of work, but it looks really it is. they do such a great job. They do. We also have Patreon if you feel so inclined to support us that way. We have mm-hmm. merch that's out. There's more merch coming. There are things. TikTok. I don't know. Lots of things.
0: Real quick, thank you to Aiden Manning. Well, I guess not real quick because you deserve a whole segment. Uh, Everyone at Upfire Digital, thank you so much for editing our podcast. We are extremely grateful. Today, Aiden had to cut out, I don't know, 20 minutes of uh, internet bad connection and me going to the bathroom. So (laughs) we're grateful that you have to sit and listen to that and then cut it.
1: Yeah, I think I repeated the beginning of every single sentence I said, so...
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you guys don't have to hear that. So that's great for you. So you guys should thank Aiden as well. And we will
1: see you on the other side. Very smooth.